Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. I want to talk for a few minutes around this idea of living a come and see confidence. Living a come and see confidence. Let's all pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for our pastors. Lord, we lean into your word. Thank you for every person. Let them know that they matter. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to know that you're still reaching lost people, hurting people, broken people. Lord, I pray that you do it today and you'll use us to make a difference in this world that we live in, in our workplace, in our trailer park, in our place that we do life in. We make a difference. We can bring Jesus with us with a come and see confidence. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Everybody said a good amen. I pastor down in Louisiana for uh, 20 years, my family and I. That's the Rizzo's right there. I'm Italian. My wife is Cajun. Ooh, Lord Jesus. A lot of activity going on in my world. That's my wife, Dylan, by me. That's my son, Dylan. That's my daughter, McCall, there on, the, uh, on, on your right. She got me. She's an LSU graduate, married an Alabama boy. Oh, they got football marriage counseling every time. And then that's our lovely girl, Bella. Our family loves this family. And so... Um, you know, we just, we, we're, we're, I'm Italian, my wife is, is Cajun, and so uh, we, we love just being with people. We love thinking, we, we, we like inviting people up. We're inviters. And if, if we're not only inviters, we will invite ourselves to stuff. You know what I mean? I, I'm not, I, I don't wait for the invite, I will initiate the invite. How many, you know what that hint, you kind of hint fake? Somebody's talking about something. Oh, yeah, I'll be there with you. We weren't inviting you. Oh, you invite me now. And I love this passage of scripture in John chapter one because it's an inviting chapter. I'll read you these verses, John chapter one. I'll read several verses, verse 35. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said to those that were standing with him, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and he asked, what do you want? They asked, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? I love Jesus' reply. Come. He replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day there till about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. The first thing, everybody say the first thing. Andrew did, not just think about, but the first thing he did was to find his brother. Find, seek, search out his brother, Simon, and tell him, we have found the Messiah, which is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. He brought him. He gave his testimony, I have found the Messiah. I have found the one that I've been looking for, and I want you to come and see him. I'm going to bring you to meet the one that has changed my life. I'm going to tell you my story, and then I'm going to show you the one that has changed my story because I just believe maybe he can change your story. Brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked and said, oh, I know you. You're Simon, son of John. You will now be called Cephas, which is translated as Philip. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. 
finding, I love that word finding, finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, just like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Relationship, proximity, relationship, proximity. Philip, here we go again. You see these dominoes, this chain reaction. Philip found Nathaniel and told him a testimony, told him a story. I love that. Shared his testimony. He said, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, about the prophets who wrote. It's Jesus of Nazareth. Who? That's the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good from that come from there? Uh, Nathaniel asked. So he at first kind of rejected it. said, I'm not sure about that. I love Philip's response. Didn't debate him. Didn't argue him. Look, all he said was, come and see for yourself. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, here truly is the Israelite in whom there's no deceit. How you know me? You ever see somebody, hey, what's going on? I know. You don't know me. You don't know my people. How you know me? And I love what Jesus said. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. And Jesus said, I saw you while you were still. Fill in the blank. He saw me while I was still. Jesus saw me before I saw him. Jesus knew about me before I knew about him. Jesus cared about me before I ever cared about him. Jesus loved me before I ever even knew anything about me. Jesus cared about me before I sang a worship song, before I read a verse, before I ever attended church. He saw me. And guess what? The people that are in our life that are far from him, he sees them this morning while they're still. He sees them. He said, I saw you under that fig tree before Philip ever invited you, ever called you. Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. I think there's so much power in, in, the, in the personal testimony. When you share your story and then you allow the Holy Spirit to, to, to let there be a come and see moment. I love how John chapter one, really in these verses, is just showing us that there is a, we can live with a come and see confidence. That we don't have to save people. Thank God I can't heal anybody. I can't fix anybody. Hey, I can't make anybody live in sobriety. But I can bring them to the one who sees them in their pain sees them in their doubt, sees them in their struggle. And in that moment, God Almighty can be up to something. I'm only responsible for a come and see confidence. Lord, raise that up today in the world that we're living in. Let that rise today. Let our faith for people rise today. Those people that we thought were so far from God, they would never darken the door of a church. Let my faith rise that next Sunday they may come to church with me. Why not? I love these other verses, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 through 4. But if our gospel is be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world and blinded the minds of them that believe not least the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine upon them. 
of Romans 5, 8. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It gives me a come and see faith. It increases my faith to invite, to bring, to reach out to people, to not be silent or quiet or canceled in the world that we're living in. As I share my story, as I share my life change, it says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us while we were still sinful ungodly. We were utterly unable to redeem or help or rescue ourselves. Jesus Christ did the work beforehand. Oh, I'm so glad for that. And then probably the most landmark verse, it's always a good reminder, John 3, 16, for God loved the whole world. Not just the perfect, not the ones that kind of got it together all the time or pretty much were pretty close. God loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's amazing that scripture encourages me that our Savior has made a way. That our Savior has opened up the door to those that we feel like so often the door's closed to. That our, our, that our Savior has initiated an invitation to everybody that we love and care about that we feel like are far from God. The invitation has been made. Wow. Now, I was not raised in church. I was not brought up in church. If you looked at my life at 18 years old, there was nothing about my life that looked like I was an interested customer in anything to do with church. I mean, I was lost. Always remember the word lost is not a negative word. The word lost is a very valuable word. My trash, when I put it out on Tuesdays and Saturday, is never lost. When it runs down the road in the truck, oh, come back and see me. It's not lost. It's not valuable. But if I think my phone is in that trash can, that is a valuable truck. Lost things are valuable. I was lost. I was uninterested. I was distant. I was doing my own thing. I was not uh, affiliated with anything. And I don't believe it was because I was evil. It wasn't because he's just so wicked. Look at that little 18-year-old surfer boy, Mervage. I don't believe I was deviant. I was just de it's de hideous. <laughs> I wasn't like Darth Vader. I believe if, if people, if, when people were going to church on a Sunday morning like today, and they saw me on my bike with my surfboard going to the beach, you know, I don't know what they thought about me, but I promise you right now, I wasn't like just spewing venom. It wasn't like I was in Cobra Kai. I was just. I don't believe that about me, and I don't believe that about most people. Here's the problem: I was just lost. I was making no move towards church. That's where I believe most people are. They're like me. They just can't see. They don't know. Uh, my, I don't need a lot of help to sleep. I'm old and I fall asleep everywhere. Uh, I fall asleep everywhere. I mean, in any moving vehicle, I fall asleep. Cars, plane, chairs, 
Uh, I, I will sleep. My, my, my daughter needs help to sleep, so she wears a sleep mask. Sometimes I'll go wake her up, and she'll wake up with this thing on, and I'm just like, she gets up out of bed, I'm just like, ah! Because it'll startle you. And so I believe this is what I was going through when I was 18 years old. I, I didn't know. Get your act together. I can't, I can't find where to get my act together. Get, get sober. Stop acting like that. I believe this is where most people are. Get in church. I don't know where to go to church. Put your marriage together. I don't even know where to start. I can't see. I believe that is where the majority of humanity is. I don't believe they're all vipers. They're all hideous. I just believe they don't know what to do. And they can't see. They are blinded by the world and by the cares and the problem and the pain and the struggle. And so often in that moment, they just need somebody to bring them. God's called us to be a part of that bridge moment. Jesus has paid the price. You and I get to be a part of constructing through our serve and our give and our noticing and our kindness and our sharing our story and our sharing our, our testimony to help build that bridge because Jesus has done everything. He's given them an opportunity to see, to have a fresh start. He's paid the price. So Lord, help us as a people in the world that we're living in today through my heart and through my notice and through my prayers and through my uh, second mile giving and through my help, construct the bridge that Jesus can walk over. You say, were you sure about that? Do you know? He did it for me. I was lost. I thank God the church made a move towards me before I made a move towards them. Do you know there are many people that are waiting on us to make the first move? They're, wait, they're just waiting on us to make the first move. They're never going to make the first move. But when we serve or we leave a life group, we invite them over or we connect with them through some opportunity, all of a sudden we make, it happened to me. One of my friends in high school invited me to church and I said, no, nah, I don't think so. He invited me again. I never went with him, but I remember the invite. My sister one day said, and she had come to her and said, I've been praying over you. That's great. I don't really understand that. I'll never forget one time a friend of mine said, hey, I've been reading a verse for you. Well, that's great. I'll read Mother Goose and I got a statement, you know. I don't know what that meant, reading a verse over you. But all of that together built a bridge, constructed a bridge, and through an outreach and an opportunity, and when someone made an invite, guess what? I walked across. And if Jesus can save Dino Lewis Rizzo, who was not raised in church, who was uninterested and unaffiliated, guess what? He can save all kinds of people that are in our life. Hey, he saved you. How many are shocked that you're in church? How many got some people you graduated with? If they knew you were here today, they'd be like, Lord, have mercy. He's still doing it. To faith. God increase a come and see confidence in our life that Jesus Christ can save people. All kinds of people. Even the hardest of souls. It's time to live out the come and see confidence. I want to help you. I want to give you four things or three things that I have learned 
uh, even this past couple years, because I, I, I believe the harsher the times, the more hungry the hurting. And I, I want to be—I want to be that—I want to be that come and see person in my neighborhood, uh, in my in my apartment, and in my my family, and in my world. I just—I want to be that mom. I want to be that businessman. And, and so I wrote down some of these as I've, I've studied John chapter one. You just watch this happening over and over again in the Bible. Uh, I think these are and they're simple. Don't you love simple things? They're just simple, and they're just simple things. Here's the first one: We are pointers. We point people to Jesus. And your life has changed. We just, we're just pointers. It's our words, our work. We just point our, our, our grace, our prayers, our story. It's not hard. You just point people to Jesus. Uh, the other day I was in, I was driving through Atlanta late, uh, a little later. And so I stopped and got a, a, a quick meal, had a little restaurant. And they put me in some reason, a little side room, me and my friend of mine. And we were in the side room and there's a little party going on in the corner. It's us and them. Boy, they loud. One of them loud parties. Say like four or five, about four or five uh, young ladies. And boy, they were having fun, balloons. It was somebody's birthday. They get, I mean, it was loud. One of them loud. We could barely talk. They were so loud. I mean, they, they was lit. One of them margarita parties. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Just, woo, woo, woo. We over there just talking to pastors and, and we're trying to talk and two of them get up and come over. So we saw we're so loud. We're so loud. We're sorry, we're so loud. I say, like, oh, it's cool, it's great, praise God, amen. So, oh, I feel some good energy. I feel some energy. Oh, amen, praise God, good energy. She said, You got a good spirit. Glory, amen. She said, What's your sign? I said, Jesus. Oh, she know when you, I said, July. She, oh, you can't. I said, oh, no, don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. No, 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 I'm Jesus. And I said, Lord, I feel so good. I said, Jesus is good. I wouldn't look at some judgment. Judgment on all of you, especially you having the birthday. You'll never see another one. Judgment. I'm going to help nobody. I got to pray with them. I told them about an Instagram that can give scriptures. All we are called, we are just pointers to broken, hurting, lost, addicted humanity. Jesus saves. The greatest miracle of all. He opens the eyes of those that have been blinded. Of those those that are blinded by the cares and the pressure, the struggle of this world, we are pointers. How's your marriage still together? How are you, how, how are you sober now for three years? It's Jesus. And I remember when you were having such mental... You're about to give it up. You're about to give up. It's him. That's the most powerful testimony and story you have. Oh, these are days we need to point people to Jesus. Right now. Here's the second thing that I wrote down. Is we are bringers. We bring people to Jesus. Do you know the number one way to bring people to Jesus? Is to live a very inviting life. And we keep up the invite. So many people are one invite 
from one miracle. They're just an invite away from a miracle. I've seen it over and over again. Here's what I know about James River. Here's what I know about your pastor and all those that stand here and speak through. I was online last night watching the messages from David and Brandon and Pastor John. Here's what I know about this house, that people get saved here. You ain't got to worry about, well, I wonder if, they, I wonder if anybody's going to get saved today. Let me tell you something. You bring people here, they get saved, they get connected, they go on a growth track, they feel loved, the kids feel valuable, the teenagers get help. There's just something about this house at all of our locations. People get saved when they hear the word of God here. Literally, it just happens. There's some stat... It's like zillions of people, I think it's zillions at this point, would come to church if someone invited them and it increased if someone will bring them. They don't have to walk in all by yourself. There's a bayou in Louisiana nobody wants to live on called Bayou Self. Nobody wants to be by yourself. There is something powerful. You say, I'm going to be an inviter. And I'm going to quit because one person turned me down. I'm going to keep inviting. Let's keep the invite up. Let's keep the invite up. Let's keep being breakers. Because you and I get to be what? A bridge. So we are pointers. It's Jesus. Uh, we are bringers. Say, so, well, I'm not a pro. I haven't gone pro. Not a professional pro inviter. All of a sudden, the devil tells us where you're not a pro. Look at your life. Look at your story. Look at your situation. People don't need a pro. They need you. We don't need to turn pro. They just need you and I. The point and to bring, and then the last one is we are witnesses. I want to be a witness for Jesus. I just want to carry the truth because I can't deny the truth. Jesus will save you. That's why I'm leading a life group. I'm, I'm, I can't deny the, That's why we need you to lead a life group because you, you're a witness. Can't deny the truth. Man, Lord, Lord changed my life. Man, you wouldn't believe what my situation. You know, all, all of a sudden you get an opportunity to tell your story and to share your faith. That's why we need you to lead your life. That's why we need to serve our city. That's why we need to be faithful in our giving. Every time we're faithful in our giving or we attend a life group or we serve on a team or we greet or help with kids, all these things, it just says I have confidence in, you, in what I have experienced. I've experienced the truth. Changed my life. Lord, help me. Because I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And if he can heal me, and if he can save me, whoo, he can save anybody. So I live and I operate and I care with a Christ confidence today in the culture that we're living in. I love what J. John says, an evangelist in Europe who leads people to Christ probably every day. He's friends of this house who says this about confidence. If we want to share the gospel with great confidence, 
then we must have great, complete, complete 100% confidence in the gospel. So I can share the gospel with confidence because I have complete confidence in the gospel. Not just me, myself, my skill and my talent. I have confidence that Jesus Christ went to the cross. He opened the door and the door is open today. And people will say yes to the invitation. Nothing like a confident invitation. Knowing that God has changed me. Oh, he can change. If he changed me, I know he can change my son. We're going to pray that God is going to get a hold of people that we are burdened for. And that the invitation is going to be extended to them. And they're going to say yes. With confidence. Confidence. Confident people. I pastored in Louisiana for 20 years. Loved it, loved it, loved it. My wife's a Cajun, man. We Louisiana people. Uh, so February the 7th, 2010 was one of the best days in the history of Louisiana. It's when the Saints won the Super Bowl. Whoo! Listen, y'all got teams out here. People win out here. We the Aints. We ain't the Saints. I mean, we struggling. The Saints, 44 years, never went to a Super Bowl. Losers. Man, I, the Saints go to the Saints? Man, we were so excited. It's a great season. We were 13 and 3. I got to go do two chapels. Man, we were so fired up. I went and did two chapels. They gave me some kind of, this is my favorite memorabilia. This is uh, one of my memorabilia from speaking at one of the chapels. It's a Reggie Bush jersey they got me. Whoo! Oh, it's autographed. You don't have one of these. I do. I forgot. I'm sorry. You don't have one of these. I put that aside because you don't have one of those. It's one of one. But my prize memorabilia, I spoke at a chapel. They gave me this. 13 and 3. Saints! Who that? Who that nation? Drew Brees, boy. Ooh. Oh, but this one's different. Yeah, it's got my name on it. Oh, you don't have one of these, do you? I only have one of these. Put that aside. We'll get the security to come handle those at a moment. Hey, Super Bowl night. Friends over, Delenn's there. We're praying. Oh, God, they're playing the Colts. Hey, Peyton Manning. We cook sausage, gumbo. Man, we just, we're, we're not going to, we're, we're just, we're not going to win. We're not going to win. It's Peyton Manning. Watching the game. Ah, I mean, sausage. Matter of fact, one of my jerseys here, I've never washed it because, look, hey, right here, I set some alligator sausage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can't wash it. It's sausage. Ah, Halftime, we're down. We're losing. We're going to lose. We're the, we're the eight. Delin's praying. Oh, God, Jesus, Jesus. Everybody's at the house. Third quarter. Fourth quarter. We're going to lose. We're down. Peyton, he's marching down the field. Peyton Manning throws the field. Out of nowhere, Tracy Porter steps up, intercepts, runs back 74 yards. Scores a touchdown. Saints win. Saints win. <laughs> We're crying. We're hugging. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. 
Everybody goes home late. Drew Brees MVP. Everybody goes home late. Lynn, I love you, baby. I love you so much. I've never loved you more than I love you tonight. <laughs> Go to bed. Could you imagine if I'd have woke her up at 3 a.m.? Baby, we got to go watch the game. Got to go watch that replay. Call everybody up and get, them, get that sausage, get that jambalaya. Watch it. Third quarter, we're going to lose. Peyton Manning. We're going to lose. Oh, my God. Could you imagine it? Everybody be like, Dino, this is a repeat. This is a replay. We've already won. We already know the outcome. We already know the result. Hey, church, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He has paid for the penalty and the sins of broken, lost humanity. He has died for your friends. He has died for the prodigals. He has died for the hurting. He has saved the addict. He has put together the broken. We can have a confidence that Jesus Christ is the victory. Clap your hands if you believe that. Woo! He wins lost people. And if he did it once, he will do it again. That's the faith that we have today. Amen.